Hi, this is Sean Radcliffe, host of Preservation Oaks on MicroStream Radio. Every two weeks, we're joined by leading professionals from cultural, genealogical, or historical societies and museums throughout the United States. They share the uniqueness of their societies, the historical stories of these excellent organizations, and their value to their communities. If you like cultural, historical, and genealogical societies and museums, and would like to learn how you can help support them, then give Preservation Oaks a listen wherever you get your podcasts or on our home platform, preservationoaks.podbean.com. Welcome to this episode of Preservation Oaks. In this series, we introduce you to yet another extraordinary organization serving their community by conserving and preserving our heritage. It could be an organization in your community, in your county, or in your state. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the program. Good day, everyone. This is Sean Thomas Radcliffe coming to you from Salt Lake City, and this is Preservation Oaks, the internationally syndicated original talk program on MicroStream Radio, where we feature interviews with professionals from museums, cultural and heritage institutions, historical and genealogical societies across the United States. By the way, our main platform is preservationoaks.podbean.com but we're also on almost every podcast platform as well as YouTube. So wherever you listen to the program, I appreciate it very much when you like, comment, follow, or subscribe. At Preservation Oaks, we give our listeners a much better understanding of these organizations, how they're funded, how each is unique to the communities they serve, what programs and events they currently have underway, and what services they offer to the public and their members. We believe this information is vital for people to know how to work with these organizations and to learn how important it is to join, support, volunteer with, and donate to one or more of these core societies. Each guest organization on Preservation Oaks brings with them a truly unique viewpoint and perspective around how they tell the story of their communities, how they continue to be relevant for the times in which we live, and what kinds of exhibits and volunteer opportunities they've created. This makes listening to each episode of the program interesting, fun, and diverse. If you're listening and you'd like to be a guest on the program, or if you have questions or comments about the program, transmit an email to preservationoaks at gmail.com. All right, let's get this show snapping. Our historical April birthdays for this episode. Happy birthday to Marvin Gaye, who was born April 2nd, 1939. Jane Goodall, who was born April 3rd, 1934. Jackie Chan, April 7, 1954. Emma Watson, April 15, 1990. Charlie Chaplin, April 16, 1889. 
Jack Nicholson, April 22nd, 1937. William Shakespeare, April 23rd, 1564. Here are some thought-provoking facts from history. America's first astronauts were announced by NASA on April 9, 1959. The first Webster Dictionary was copyrighted by Noah Webster on April 14, 1828. The Titanic sank on April 15, 1912. The Revolutionary War in America began on April 19, 1775. The United States Library of Congress was established April 24, 1800. Our first President of the United States, George Washington, was inaugurated on April 30, 1789. Here's some genealogy humor with the 23rd Psalm for genealogists. This is a reading of the 23rd Psalm for genealogists. Genealogy is my pastime, I shall not stray. It maketh me to lie down, and examine half-buried tombstones. It leadeth me into still courthouses, it restoreth my ancestral lineage. It leadeth me into the paths of census records, and ships passenger lists for my ancestral name's sake. Yes, though I wade through the shadows of research libraries and microfilm readers, I shall fear no discouragement, for a strong desire is with me. The curiosity and motivation, they comfort me. It demandeth preparation of storage space, for the acquisition of countless documents. It anointeth my head with burning midnight oil, my unintuffle report runneth over. Surely birth, marriage and death dates, shall validate my lineage all the days of my life. And I shall abide as a family historian forever. Love that 23rd Psalm for genealogists. On our next episode of Preservation Oaks, we'll be meeting with the Winnishiac County Historical Society located in Decorah, Iowa. They have a beautiful and functional website. The society operates the Locust School, Old Winnishiac County Jail, and a Winnishiac County Heritage Center at the Landers Adams Bodensteiner House. The Winnishiac County Historical Society office is open to the public 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday. The Winnishiac County Historical Society is run completely by volunteers. This should be an interesting and fun episode, so don't miss it. You know, you can email us anytime at preservationoaks at gmail.com. Preservation Oaks is available for listeners on nearly all podcast platforms, Facebook and YouTube. For this episode, we greet Sonia Costan, the treasurer of the rural Woodbury County Historical Society located in Correctionville, Iowa. If you're a resident in the local area, this episode will help you understand what the society has to offer, how you can participate and take advantage of the worthwhile events the society attends, and how to best support them by volunteering and donating. Here's a brief biography of our guest. Sonia Costan was born and raised in Correctionville, Iowa. She went to college at the University of South Dakota, majoring in history and political science. She earned a master's degree in history and international studies at the University of Hawaii. After college, Sonia worked in Washington, D.C. for the federal government for 30 years in budget, planning, and agriculture. Sonia retired 25 years ago, moving back to her hometown of Correctionville and began volunteering at the Historical Society. Sonia is now the treasurer of the Society, and we are very honored to have her with us today. Welcome to the program, Sonia. Thank you for having me on your program. I'm delighted to be here. Well, thank you. Your museum is in Correctionville, Iowa. How did the town get its name? 
Ah, the name of uh, Correctionville comes from the number two correction line that crosses Iowa. It was established by surveyors to correct the curvature of the earth. You know, surveyors mark off land in squares. Yeah. And in the case of Iowa, it's, a, it's square miles. And as you go further north or south from the equator, it takes fewer of those squares to circle the earth. Okay. Thus the need for correction lines. And there are two correction lines that run across Iowa. Number one correction line runs from southern, across southern Iowa, from Davenport on the east to Harrison County on the west. Now, number two correction line runs from Dubuque on the Mississippi River in the east through Correctionville's Fifth Street to Sioux City on the Missouri River in the west. For example, if you look at a map, the original U.S. Highway 20 followed the number two correction line across Iowa. Okay. Or if you look at an Iowa map with county borders marked, you will notice that there are counties along the two correction lines have jogs in their borders. That's the correction line. I live on Fifth Street, the correction line in Correctionville, and no street going from north to south is in a straight line. We have to make a jog of about 150 feet at 5th Street to continue going south. Oh, wow. Even our, main, our town's main intersection jogs. Boy, you don't even think about that when you're thinking about all of the various places. So, so I, I guess that would mean the further north you go at some point in every state that's going, that's up north, you would have a correction line? Oh, yes. Oh, wow. You'll have correction lines in states going south. Now, they may not be as prominent as it is in Iowa with our county borders, but yes. That's really cool. Wow, what, what a way to get a name. That's really something. What's the history of your society? It's called Rural Woodbury County Historical Society. What's its history? The Rural Woodbury County Historical Society was chartered in 1986. It's a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Its first project was to restore the Copeland Park near Correctionville. And at that time, the society's headquarters were briefly in Copeland Park. After years of attempting to reach other rural communities in the county, Correctionville became the society's permanent headquarters. Interesting. So what year was it that it started? 1986. 1986. Wow. Okay. We've been in uh, operation about 40 years. That's very cool. I noticed that your, your society home is in a bank building that was built in 1892. What's the history yes. of that building? The museum is in what we call the Merchant State Bank Building. And after a disastrous fire in town in November of 1891, which destroyed the wooden bank building at the time, ah. as well as several other buildings in town, they built, the bank built a new structure of brick. And the building is in the Romanesque style with stone trimmings of Michigan sandstone. And the bank interior was trimmed in heavy oak. And when the building was finished, the Merchant State Bank moved into the first floor, a doctor's office moved into the second floor, and a barber's shop moved into the basement, which then was advertised as the coolest place in town. <laughs> and the bank 
operated until the Great Depression, and it closed its doors in 1930. And since then, a number of businesses have occupied the building. At one time, the second floor was converted into a, an apartment, and then the building fell into, into disrepair. And in 1989, this, the Historical Society assumed ownership of the derelict building. The building was about to be torn down by the county. And members of the society, it had holes in the roof, so oh. members of the society replaced the rafters and the roofs using grants, gifts, and donations to make it a usable building. And then since that time, Missouri River Historical Development grant money has allowed us to strengthen the floor joists on the second floor and replace the windows and doors. And it now houses our museum. That's fantastic. I would love to see a video or something of the inside of that building. That would be marvelous. I bet it's wonderful. Well, in a way it is, but the historical bank counter and so on has all been removed. Okay. But you can see in the wooden floor a kind of a dip in the floor that's been worn by where the tellers used to stand. <laughs> oh, that's great. And it's all oak inside? No, it's not all oak inside. It's the doors and the windows and so on are in oak. Oh, okay, okay, got it. The walls are plaster. Nice. And so you've redone that whole thing, or there's still work to do? Oh, there's still work to do. Oh, okay. Now, I noticed that Correctionville also has a national historic place called the Tinkle Bailey House. What can you tell us about that? The Bailey House was built by George Bailey and his wife, Mary Tinkle Bailey, in 1883, just after the railroad came to town. Once the railroad came to town, we could bring in lumber and building materials. And George Bailey was the founder of the Sioux Valley State Bank, which was established in 1882. Later on, that bank was renamed the Bailey Bank when a new charter was drawn up in 1902. But because of the periodic flooding in the south part of town and the new railroad line in the north part of town, Bailey attempted to move the town and its business section near the railroad line. Oh, yeah. He built the Bailey Mansion, as it was known for in its early years, to the north part of town as an incentive to get this growth going. It didn't work, and the storekeepers failed to follow his move, preferring to stay where they were on the town's job, and that's where our business district still is. Wow, does it flood? Uh, no. Oh, good. Okay. No, no, no. We had a disastrous flood in 1891 when a mill dam broke, and the Little Sioux River was at flood stage, but there's been nothing like that since. Oh, very cool. Can you provide the audience with an overview of the communities you serve? Something about your membership, maybe the mission of your society? Well, as I mentioned before, the Historical Society is Correctionville-based and largely focused on the town and the surrounding area. Our membership is composed of residents of Correctionville and those who had some connection with the town in the past, such as high school graduates and former residents. Our membership, the people live all over the state of Iowa and in other states. Why is it named the Rural Woodbury County Historical Society? Which cities and towns in Woodbury County do you consider rural? Do you service? When they first started out in 1986, it was envisioned to be a rural Woodbury County organization. Yeah. 
But over the years, Anton was part of it. There was some interest from other towns, but that interest faded away. And so it became Crexville focused. What's the history of Woodbury County? It was Sioux City and Crexionville were platted in 1855 because they saw railroads coming through. Woodbury County had a Indian name at first, but later on it was changed to Woodbury County. Of course, it took another 30 years before those railroads did come through. Wow. So what's your background? How did you get into doing what you're doing now? I, I... Grew up and lived here in Crutchville, have always had an interest in history, worked away from the area for over 30 years and came back and had time to devote to volunteering and doing things in Crutchville. And the Historical Society was one of my interests, and that's how I became involved. That's pretty cool. So I noticed that there's a historical marker about two miles north of Smithville, and it's called, and I may pronounce this incorrectly, Inkpaduta? I think, well, I'm not sure I give it the correct pronunciation either. Inkpaduta is how I would pronounce it. Yeah, okay. And this marks a site where Inkpaduta and his band Overwintered in 1856. Okay. Ink Paduta was an, was an Indian, a Native American. Yes, he was a Sioux Indian. Okay. And his tale is a tale of theft, death, revenge, murder, revenge, Whoa. and murder. Okay. Ink Paduta had a brother named Two Fingers. And in late 1848, a band of Sioux led by Two Fingers traced stolen horses to a cabin of one Henry Lott, who was living near the Des Moines and Boone River. Rather than fight, Lott saw them coming. He and his son, Milton, ran from the cabin, but became separated during their flight. And Milton, the boy, froze to death before Lott could find him. Oh, my. An angry Lott struck back at the Sioux in January of 1854. He found two fingers and his band camped at the Des Moines River about 30 miles north of Fort Dodge. Lott and his stepson attacked the camp, killing two fingers and six of his relatives. Two fingers had a younger brother, Inkpaduta, who was a leader of an outlaw band of Sioux. This brother vowed revenge for two fingers murder. His band had raided many newly established settlements in Iowa, South Dakota, and Minnesota. In the early fall of 1856, Inkabaduda's band left Fort Ridgely Agency of the Lower Sioux and started a journey that would end in the Spirit Lake Massacre. The band reached the area of Smithland that winter and stayed there. And that marker is what the historical marker marks. In the spring of 1857, this band of Sioux proceeded up the Little Sioux River Valley. And the Little Sioux River Valley is a river that runs from the lakes region in Iowa on the northern border with Minnesota all the way to the Missouri River. And it's been a well-traveled over the centuries byway for natives and even settlers. When you have a sea of prairie grass, the river provided water and it also provided trees and lumber and shade. So this was a very desirable area to be in. Anyway, 
Inca Baduda and his band left Smithland in the spring of 1857, heading north, stealing horses along the way. But when they reached Correctionville, they stole horses in two local townships and shot a cabin door full of holes. Oh, and then on March 8th, 1857, Inca Baduda and his band attacked the scattered cabins near Spirit Lake in Okaboji. That's the lake area of northern Iowa. The bloodshed also spread to the nearby town of Springfield, Minnesota. 38 settlers were slain oh. and four women were carried off. Inca Baduda was never apprehended. He and his band left Iowa never to return. What a history. Wow. That is a very interesting historical marker then. Very yes, cool. it has quite a tale with it. In terms of the Historical Society, what's coming up next? What's your goals for 2022? I just submitted a grant for the preservation and, and exterior restoration of the local Illinois Central Railroad Type B Freight Depot. Okay. Uh, for the last 40 years, it's been used as a donkey barn. And as horses and donkeys are wont to do, they chewed on the exposed studs and some of the trim around the doors. And over the years, the sills have rotted due to being placed on a cement slab rather than a raised foundation. Oh, yeah. The building needs a new roof and replacement of some exterior siding, as well as reconstruction of doors and windows. And the building was donated to the town last summer. Very cool. What's your intention with the building? So you've got to well, redo it all, and then what happens? Well, in chatting with railroad experts, I learned there were only three to five known existing Type B freight depots in Iowa. Oh, neat. Most of those buildings have been turned into garages, sheds to house animals or additions to home. Our vision is to restore it as a mission building with exhibit space in the freight room. According to the Illinois Central Railroad Historical Association, None of the Type B freight depots in the Illinois Central Railroad system are known to be restored as a museum. We'd like to restore the interior waiting area and uh, office area. And then, as I said, use the um, freight area as a exhibition area. That's going to be pretty cool. Well, it'll take some time. Yeah. We'll see what we can do with it. But that's our project. And where's that located in the town? Well, it'll be south of the um, fire station. So everybody in town would know where that is? Uh, everyone in town, yes, would know where, where that is. Oh, very cool. We'll have a, a, a part of this grant that I wrote is for the Cement Foundation and that work. And Oh, yes. Wow, that's We are really a small town of 800 people, so. Now, are you planning to move out of the bank building at that point into the depot? No. No, the building, uh, the depot is not that large. Okay. Very cool. That's a very cool plan. You've been around for a while, 40 years. Do you have any interesting stories from the annals of your society's history? Well, uh, some fun facts. There are nearly, nearly 50 archaeological sites within five miles of Correctionville. Oh, wow. These are mostly Native American sites. And when the state widened Highway 20 to four lanes less than 10 years ago, an archaeological survey team found geoglyph sites and habitation sites on the bluffs overlooking Correctionville to the west. And a geoglyph is a trench dug into the ground in the shape of an animal or symbols. Okay. 
And geoglyphs are one of the rarest types of sites to find in Iowa. In fact, in my understanding, that this site was the first such site to find geoglyphs in Iowa. Since then, other sites have been found. The Department of Transportation covered up the site after the archaeological work was done to protect the site. And a committee right now is working on a grant to have a three-panel interpretive sign of the geoglyph site erected near Highway 20. They've just gotten the acquisition of railroad land where they'd like to place these uh, this panel. And installation of the sign should take probably take place this year. Oh, that's really cool. Now, would that have been the Sioux Indians that created that geoglyph? These are quite old, and the habitation site is really old. They involve the Ponca tribe that's uh, in Nebraska. In when they uncovered these geoglyphs, some of them have a spiritual meaning for the Native Americans. Right. It's probably part of the Sioux in the Ponca tribe, definitely. Well, that's really cool. So the sign will go up, our historical marker will go up this year, and then are, are you going to, or are the archaeologists going to uncover the geoglyphs for presentation? I think right now there are no funds for that, and the site is controlled. They did purchase the land where this site is from uh, private owners. Oh, right. And in the future, they would like to make something available to the public. But right now, that's why we're doing the signs and interpretation of the site here in Correctionville. Well, that's going to be so exciting for the community. That's great. Wow. We're looking forward to it. So what other kinds of exhibits are on display at your museum? Well, one of our rooms in the museum is dedicated to band leader Norman E. Lee, who grew up in Correctionville. In 1940, he joined the Eddie Howard orchestra in Chicago playing uh, lead sax and singing with the famous Eddie Howard Trio. Then after the war in 1945, he joined the Lawrence Welk Orchestra. Then in 49, he rejoined the Eddie Howard uh, Orchestra. And after Howard's death in 1963, Norman took over the orchestra and renamed it the Norman E. Lee Orchestra. He he also wrote the Champagne Polka. Okay. And he was inducted into the Big Band Hall of Fame in 1978. Let's see, we also have the Robert Ashmore collection of arrowheads, which have been studied by Dale Hennings of the University of Iowa. He's a retired archaeologist. And we also have advertising items from the Correctionville businesses, artifact from Fort Correctionville, items from the Opera House, which no longer exists, photos, school ledgers, bank, a whole assortment of objects. Wow, there was a fort there too, huh? Yes. And during the Civil War, they pulled a lot of the militia away from this area. And in order to protect the new settlers, forts were built at Correctionville, at Peterson, Iowa, Cherokee, along the Little Sioux Valley. Okay. And they were torn down then in 1865 after the Civil War. The lumber was recycled into barns and houses. That is very cool. Visiting the museum, is there a cost and admission fee? Oh, no. No, no. It's totally free. Oh, that's cool. We welcome all visitors. That is wonderful. So I know that you mentioned you're trying to do the restoration of the depot and the historic site with the geoglyphs and and a number of different things. 
what kind of funding model supports the society and what are your funding goals for 2022? Well, it is difficult to raise funds, especially during this financially challenging time. We've made good use of grants from the Missouri River Historical Development, a Woodbury County-based organization. When appropriate, we've written grants for using state Iowa state funds. We send out an annual membership fundraising letter, and we've received a legacy gift. One lovely lady made a donation to us in her will, which we are very grateful for. But they don't cover all our needs, obviously. Right. And our greatest goal this year is finding sufficient funds to restore the railroad freight depot. Okay. So that's the key item this year. Yes. Very nice. And with continuing increasing material prices, it's really hard to keep up. It's a challenge to keep up. Oh, yeah. You know, an estimate of cost today may not be the same two months from now. That's true. Lumber went through the roof not too long ago. I don't know. If oh, the, last year it was horrible. Yeah, I don't know if the prices are back down or not yet. No, the person who gave us an estimate for the roof work said he's being told that there will be a 15% increase in April. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, <laughs> yes. That's the challenge. So you need all the help you can get. Grants are great, but you also need the community to donate, right? Oh, yes. Oh, Oh, fantastic. And they do, the community is very good about donating time and effort. Machines sometimes, for example, moving the building is being done by, all volunteered by uh, locals. Wow. Oh, you have to move the building? Yeah, we have to move the building. Oh, my goodness. Or move the building. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, it was a donkey barn in some other place. <laughs> yeah, so you, you're going to move it into town? Oh, yeah. It's at the edge of town at the moment. Wow, that's a big job. You have to oh, take yeah. it apart or you're moving it? No, 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 no. We'll strengthen it, stabilize it by putting two befores, and we have a business in town that constructs bridges, and they're loaning us some lumber, especially bridge planks, to help stabilize it. We've got somebody that's willing to loan us a trailer to put it on. And we only have one electric line to go underneath, so it'll work. That's an amazing job. Good luck with that. Thank you. Wow. So with all of that going on, what kind of fundraising activities does the society offer? Well, we have membership. We ask for donations. Right. And we now have PayPal option. Oh, and of course, you can always mail us a check. We use the old-fashioned snail mail, too. Oh, good, good. And where do they mail the check to? It would be mailed to Rural Woodbury County Historical Society, or if you want to be shorthand, RWCHS at P.O. Box 255, Correctionville, Iowa, 510. 16 is our zip number. 51016. The PayPal, you mentioned there's a PayPal. So if I go on PayPal, what do I look for to donate? Rural Woodbury County Historical Society. Yeah, that makes it easier too huh, for people. Yes, and we're hoping to have our Facebook page have a link to PayPal. On to another topic. This is COVID-19. Hopefully it's gone away. I heard there's another variant coming that is sort of like Omicron. But how did that pandemic, how has it affected your society? During the first year of COVID, 
we didn't even open the museum. Okay. Uh, a lot of our docents are older, and we were concerned for their safety. But last year, we did open from Memorial Day to Labor Day on the weekends, and there are no restrictions to visitors, such as wearing masks. Of course, if you don't feel well, we'd appreciate it if you'd stay home. We're open on weekends, Saturday from 9 to 1 and Sunday from 2 to 4. Some of the docents, have they all returned to work now? Most of them have, yes. Wonderful. There there are ladies who sit the desk, or gentlemen who sit the desk, and are there to explain to visitors what's going on and what's interesting in the museum. Well, I'm glad that COVID didn't have a huge effect on you guys, other than closing for a year. My goodness. Yes. Fortunately, none of our people became seriously ill. That's great. Well, listeners and Sonia, it's time for our first break for a few minutes. Please stay tuned for more after these important messages. We'll be right back to Preservation Oaks with Sean Thomas Radcliffe after these important messages. program will now pause for universal identification. Remember that feeling of wonder when you learned something fascinating about the past for the very first time? The Rural Woodbury County Historical Society in Correctionville, Iowa, is bringing the past back to life. Their goal is to celebrate the rich history and culture of rural Woodbury County. Be a part of the action by volunteering and supporting the Rural Woodbury County Historical Society. Visit them on Facebook to learn more about this valuable local nonprofit organization. Donate, join, become a member, and visit the museum today. This is Dave Hurlbrink, president of the National Agriculture Center and Hall of Fame in Bonner Springs, Kansas, and I love listening to Preservation Oaks on MicroStream Radio. Um, let me catch up on Preservation Oaks emails. Here's one from Sandy in New York, she says. Is it out yet? Okay, here's another one. It's Bill in Arizona saying, is it out yet? Oh man, and now it's Sarah in Minnesota. Hi, is it out yet? Stop, I can't read all these. Let me tell you all, the wait is over. A new episode of Preservation Oaks is released every two weeks, stuffed with information, history, genealogy, and everything you need to know to support your favorite cultural, genealogical, or historical society or museum throughout the United States. Listen to each new episode only at Preservation Oaks. Yes. On Preservation Oaks, we understand that every museum, cultural and heritage institution, historical and genealogical society has a story to tell, and our mission is to help share that story and the value of your organization. When you appear as a guest on Preservation Oaks, you unlock and share your story with worldwide listeners. We have listeners across the United States, Malaysia, France, Germany, South America, Canada, Russia, the United Kingdom, and other countries. If you're interested in being a guest on the program, send an email to preservationoaks at gmail.com. We're proud to help tell your stories, 
one valued organization at a time. Back in time, when people got sick, they got well again due to the knowledge their mom had from her mom, and she in turn from her mom, and, well, you get the idea. A good knowledge of history is a good thing for all kinds of reasons when making decisions about the future. Learn the history of your ancestors and your community at your local historical or genealogical society. Historical traditions are there for a reason. Support your local society today and like a good mom, pass the knowledge on to your kids. And now, back to Preservation Oaks. Welcome back to Preservation Oaks. I'm your host, Sean Thomas Radcliffe, and we're here today with Sonia Costin from the Rural Woodbury County Historical Society in Correctionville, Iowa. I'd like to talk about the society's role in the community, what kinds of outreach, events, and education the society provides for the community and the members. Welcome back, Sonia. Thank you. We don't have any formal programs reaching out to our school children, but we do have local school teachers that ask to bring classes to the museum for a visit, and we certainly accommodate them every time we can. The society joins in on local town events, such as the town's annual trick-or-treat, Halloween trick-or-treat event, and in December, we're part of the town's Jingle Through the Jog. Jingle Through the Jog. So well, that... uh, we our main uh, street, remember, jogs because of the correction line. Oh, right, right. So you have a jingle through the jog. It's like a parade or something. No, we have the uh, we have uh, chili and soup and so on food at the community center, and then they pick up punch tickets and they visit each of the businesses. Or, for our example, we're not a business, but our uh, society the museum and we punch their ticket and give out a treat for the kids and the oh, nice. and the afterwards the kids get to meet santa oh very cool so that's during the holiday that's for christmas that's during the, yes that's during the holiday the christmas era time you do and you do something for halloween yes yeah nice and what about saint patty's day uh no we don't do anything for saint patty's day the okay. fire department often has their annual pancake breakfast that time. Oh, nice. But you're there. That's their fundraiser. Yeah. So, you know, you have to share things. Absolutely. So in terms of communication, does your society publish a newsletter? We do an annual newsletter, which is part of our membership and donation drive. And and so with that newsletter once a year, have like your next year's goals in it, that kind of thing, or what you accomplished this year? Yes, it has what we've accomplished, what we've been doing during the last past year. And obviously this year it would all focus on that railroad station, yeah. the freight depot. Yeah, that's going to be great to announce that and get people excited about moving it. In terms yes. of the progress of the society in achieving its mission, do you announce events in the local newspaper or Sioux City well, we, newspapers? Well, certainly if we receive a grant, that's in the newspaper. Nice. We put it, the Sioux City paper would carry that, of course, but we also put an article in the Mobile Record, which is our local 
rural newspaper. And, you know, when we open the museum, we put an article in. Whenever it's appropriate, we do. Do you offer genealogical research services? Individual members do help with genealogical research. Often these requests come through the city clerk's office from people who are looking at cemetery records and want additional information. Right. Or people who have contacted the library. Or, you know, you can always, uh, people can always email us at uh, RWC, and that's Historical Society spelled out, at gmail.com. You can find our email on uh, Facebook, on our Facebook page. So in terms of artifacts at the museum, I know we talked about Indian or Native American artifacts and signage from the businesses in Correctionville. What other kinds of historical artifacts or records has the society received as donations from the public? They haven't given us the actual letters, but we've received copies of Civil War letters that were written back and forth between the Civil War soldier and the family. We've received funeral home memorabilia. We've had we've got a side saddle. We have sod-busting plows, just a variety of things. Some clothing, military uh, uniforms, band uniforms, photos. All of these items come from local people who've donated them. In fact, one interesting artifact was a kind of a daily diary plus uh, account book by someone who was here in Correctionville in the very early years, 1870s. Hmm. And this happened to be a lady out in Idaho found it at a garage sale, picked it up, discovered it was uh, Correctionville, and contacted, I believe, our city clerk, because that's uh, how she found the Correctionville address, and got in touch with me. And it was exciting to read that. We don't have anything like that that early. What a heart of gold she had, huh? It's wonderful when people do that. So you've got all of these artifacts. Do you have any kind of a strategy for digitization of documents and photos? Well, we just had a volunteer who's willing to digitize old photos and copies of old photos, which were collected when we wrote the Correctionville 150th Anniversary History Book. Again, it's volunteers. We need volunteers. So do you have a computer in the museum? No, unfortunately we don't. Because that digitization material has to go somewhere, right? Well, we'd certainly keep a copy for ourselves. We'd also place it in the library. You know, under Iowa law, historical societies and the library can cooperate. Right. And we firmly believe in that. If I'm living in the Correctionville, Iowa area and I want to volunteer, what do I do? And what kinds of jobs do you have for volunteers? Well, we always need volunteers for docents at the museum. They are the ones that open the museum on weekend, greet visitors and answer questions. We have opportunities for grant writers. If anyone wants to write a grant, welcome them with open arms. And of course, with our newest project, the Railroad Freight Depot, we need people to scrape and paint the uh, building. And when we cleaned out the basement of the museum, local school children helped with the cleaning, and that, that helped them meet their community service goals at the school. So you've got a lot of jobs for people. We have good cooperation from people. Yeah, because you're going to need painting and all kinds of stuff for that depot, huh? Yes. Well, I was just going to say the local library and the clerk's city clerk's office 
help the society by being points of contact for us because they're open more hours than we are. Now, you mentioned a book that the society published. What kinds of books has your society helped publish? Well, we haven't published a lot. We don't have a researcher who's doing a lot of public. We're not a big formal museum, but our society members helped work on the Crutchville 105th History book by collating information, contacting people for historical photos, writing articles, soliciting family histories for the biographical section. And then we put that book on sale, and that edition has been sold out. And any funds that we raised with that book, we put back into an account to finance the next history book. And I don't know whether that'll be with the 175th anniversary or the 200th. I noticed that the Society has a Facebook page, but not your own website. Do you have any plans to create a website? We'd like to create a website. What we need is a volunteer who could set it up and maintain it. And we'd gladly welcome that. Okay, fantastic. So there's an opportunity, listeners. If you want to contact the Society and, and help them set up a website, that would be great. We would be delighted. What's the easiest method for members of the public to donate to the society? Well, the easiest one for our members that are far away would probably be the PayPal account. For our older members who are not as tech savvy, mail your check to the rural Woodbury County Historical Society, P.O. Box 255, Correctionville, Iowa, zip. Five, ten, sixteen. So what are your thoughts about how best to keep history and community support flourishing for the current generation, like the K through 12 folks? This, how to keep history and community support, well, this is a question I and I think a lot of organizations have pondered. I feel that we need to emphasize the benefits that preserving history, such as buildings, documents, photos, bring to our community. Historic buildings give character to the downtown and attract visitors. Visitors eat at restaurants and shop at businesses. Yeah. Having a museum adds to cultural amenities, and it helps retain population and encourages new residents to find homes in our town. Supporting history and the community helps economic development and makes the community a better place to live. I really love your bank building. It has such character when I looked at an old picture of the bank building, you had mentioned that I think you said a doctor's office on the second floor. When I looked at that old picture, I saw, oh, what would you call it? Advertising, writing, or painted windows with advertising on the second well, floor. And I thought that was yes, pretty cool. Yes, that no longer exists, unfortunately, but there was a lawyer's office up there. And uh, several businesses are uh, upstairs. And then, of course, when it was turned into an apartment, all that writing came down. Oh, right. Now, is the second floor part of the museum? You, people can go in, tour the first no. floor, and then the second floor? No, the second floor is not part of the museum. We use it for storage space. Right, okay. In your own words, why is the society important to the community and what makes your society different or unique from other societies? As I commented before the break, our historical society can and does help economic development and retaining increasing populations in, the, in our small towns, such as we've only got 800, some 800 people. 
We also have a role in preserving our heritage, and that's important. Right. And how can we look to our future if we don't know our past? History helps guide us in making daily decisions. It also helps us from repeating past mistakes. It also helps us to provide answers to current problems. Such practical problems as when when was the water system installed and how old are those pipes? And who built that building and for what use? In other words, some buildings were built as automobile repair place and automobile shops, and then they've long since been transformed in other, other buildings. And why does that well have unacceptable levels of nitrates or benzene? Oh, and it might be due to a business that was located near it. Right. And yeah. why does the town have its own library rather than being part of a county system? These answers can be found in history, and historical societies are a resource, a depository of uh, information, and it's there for people and leaders to use in making decisions. Absolutely. That's well said, well said. So if I want to connect to somebody at the society, what's the best way to do that? I would go on uh, Facebook, and you can use Messenger, or contact us via email. That address is R-W-C-H-I-S-T-O-R-I-C-A-L-S-O-C-I-E-T-Y at gmail.com. Go to our Facebook page. You'll find our email address there. Yep. Cool. RWC Historical Society at gmail.com. Yes. Do you get a lot of requests for historical information from out of state versus in state? Not so much for out of state. Most of our results revolve around genealogical questions. Okay. A lot of people are interested in where their ancestors were. Did they live here? Or there's family stories that says, yes, they were here. And one of the advantages for us is that we have digitized the newspapers from 1880 through 2000. And you can get to that information through the library. If I have a genealogical question about my family lineage and I come to you, would you refer me to the library in most cases? Well, I might suggest we have a wonderful lady in town. She has collected obituaries from from Correctionville, from Anzon, from Pearson, from the surrounding area, and she has an extensive file, and she's very good about sharing some of that information with people. I think your area of the country is just beautiful. The only way I went through there, I went through there on Google Maps, right, and street views. Mm -hmm. I went through every incorporated town in the county and mm-hmm. I think there were two towns that had a museum in town. Moville does, and they have a historical society themselves yeah. that was just formed. One of my last questions here, Sonia, is, is there any other information or any message you'd like the community or members to know about? Well, I would like to ask our listeners to support your local historical society, no, whether, no matter where you are either by volunteering or monetary donations, or just by thanking those who do volunteer their time and effort to make your community a better place to live. I'd like to tell the listeners how you can contact the Society. So the Rural Woodbury County Historical Society is on Facebook. You can mail them uh, by U.S. mail at P.O. Box 255 Correctionville, Iowa, 51016. So 51016. 
And their email is rwchistoricalsociety at gmail.com. Thank you. You've got a wonderful society. You've got a wonderful building there. I wish you much luck with the depot. I, I just think that's a wonderful goal for the entire community. I want to thank you for spending time with us today. I know I've learned a lot, especially about the Inca Paduda Indians, if that's the right way to say it. <laughs> Inca Paduda, yes. Yeah, Inca Paduda. I've learned a lot about all of that. Uh, what a history your area has, and I'm really, really glad to meet you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me on Preservation Oaks and having the opportunity to share what the rural Woodbury County Historical Society is about. I hope you and the listeners have enjoyed learning about our historical society as much as I've enjoyed being here. And with that, we'll end our time with our guest, Sonia Costan, from the rural Woodbury County Historical Society in Correctionville, Iowa. Listeners, please stay tuned for my comments and wrap-up coming up next. We'll be right back to Preservation Oaks with Sean Thomas Radcliffe after these important messages. Please join the rural Woodbury County Historical Society and support their efforts to bring history to life for you and your family. Visit them on Facebook and learn more about this valuable local nonprofit organization. Donate, join, become a member, and plan a visit to the museum today. You'll be glad you did. Sometimes the most commonplace artifact triggers the most heartfelt memories. The museums, cultural and heritage institutions, historical and genealogical societies within our communities have responsibility for preserving these artifacts so they can be used to educate each new generation about their own past. They are the gatherers and caretakers of the stories of our history, culture, and heritage. Sharing the lessons of history fosters an understanding of the fundamental knowledge of why things work the way they do. Once armed with a knowledge of their place in history, people have a much higher success rate as they build the future. Our values and ideals are rightly influenced by those who came before us. On each episode of Preservation Oaks, our guests share key information about these core organizations and history. You'll learn about the great work they do, what their needs are, their goals, and why you can feel really confident about the future by volunteering and supporting them. Join us wherever you get your podcasts, and then follow, comment, like, and listen. This is Melody Lager, president of the Heartland Museum, and I love listening to Preservation Oaks on MicroStream Radio. Listen to Preservation Oaks to get the information you need to lock in your decision to volunteer and support your local museums, cultural and heritage institutions, historical and genealogical societies. On each episode of Preservation Oaks, our guests share the best information about these core organizations. You'll learn about the great work they do, what their needs are, their goals, and why you can feel good volunteering and supporting them. Join us wherever you get your podcasts, and then follow, comment, like, and listen. Explore the history of Onega, Kansas located in your own hometown and nestled in the heart of Onega at 309 East 2nd Street. Bring your family, bring a friend, or just come on down today to the Onega Historical Society to learn more about why they love Onega, Pottawatomie County in Kansas. Visit them at the Society's Facebook page today. Uh, this is Dale Renfro, Vice President of the Onega Historical Society, and I love to listen to Sean Thomas Radcliffe on MicroStreaming Radio. Yeah! 
And now, back to Preservation Oak. Welcome back. What a lucky town Correctionville is to have both a historical society, a wonderful 1892 time-worn merchant's bank building as the society's home, but also Sonia Kustan, a dedicated professional and community leader to help guide the society into the future. She is truly a lovely and intelligent lady who knows exactly what her priorities are for the community's historical preservation. Sonia expressed that the highest priority of the rural Woodbury County Historical Society at this time is to physically relocate and then renovate the long-standing Illinois Central Railroad Type B Freight Depot, which was recently donated to the Historical Society. The depot was used for 40 years as a donkey barn and right now sits on the outskirts of Correctionville. The depot will be moved into town and placed just south of the fire station. Please note, listeners, there's only three or four freight depots in the state of Iowa, and none of them have been restored and preserved as a museum. So this is a unique preservation opportunity for Correctionville and Iowa. That being said, the Historical Society needs volunteers to help renovate the freight depot by scraping off old paint, painting, putting on a new roof, fixing the siding, and reconstructing the doors and windows. This is a very worthwhile way to spend your time in service to the community. The Historical Society has submitted a grant proposal to get the funding needed for relocation by laying a concrete foundation for the building to sit on and renovation. Once completed, the building will be used by the Historical Society for exhibits. My concern is that the new depot be heated. Without heat, donated artifacts suffer from the weather, humidity, and temperature shifts. The next highest priority is the Historical Society's work to create and install a three-panel interpretive sign at the site of an archaeological geoglyph located near Correctionville. Sonia believes this panel will be installed this year. The panel will tell the story of geoglyphs and the Native Americans involved in their creation. That'll be a really good thing when it's done. It's obvious from looking around the area and seeing the preserved fighter jets, artillery piece, the old schoolhouse-slash-GAR hall, and veterans' memorials, just to name a few, that the residents of the area hold the preservation of history as well as teaching the next generations, learning from, and honoring the past in high regard. Therefore, I think my next comments will resonate with the community. You all have a wonderful community and a wonderful historical society. Someday this spring, go to your historical society home in Correctionville and just walk around the outside and inside of the building. You'll immediately see areas where you can help. There are loose bricks that can be fixed, the building has no heat, and there is work to be done on the inside and outside of the building to maintain it. Remember that this building is housing and preserving the artifacts that the Historical Society is trusted to preserve into the future. If you're a contractor, mason, electrician, plumber, carpenter, or other trades, 
Please donate your time and effort to helping maintain this building into the future. Sonia can always use volunteers and or donations to help. You can donate via PayPal. Just look for Rural Woodbury Historical Society or send a check to P.O. Box 255 Correctionville, Iowa 51016. Or just stop by the museum and give them a check personally. Beyond those things, the society can use some bright person who knows how to create and maintain a website. Right now, they're using Facebook, but if you've seen the news lately, Facebook, now called Meta, their stocks are way down, and so that platform may or may not be around long term. In this episode, we learn how the town of Correctionville got its name. Very interesting history behind that. Sonia was also kind enough to provide us with a brief history of the Historical Society and Woodbury County. Sonia relayed the story behind the Inkpaduta Historical Marker, which is located two miles north of Smithland on Highway 31. That was a really cool story. We learned where the coolest place in town is located. We learned about some of the exhibits and artifacts entrusted to the Historical Society. A few from the collection include an exhibit regarding Norman E. Lee, a famous orchestra leader from Correctionville, who was inducted into the Big Band Hall of Fame. A Native American arrowhead collection by Robert Ashmore, advertising signage from legacy businesses in town, artifacts from Fort Correctionville, which existed during the Civil War period, personal letters from the Civil War, military uniforms, and a side saddle. And I think Sonia also mentioned a sod-busting plow. We learned from Sonia about both the soft and practical benefits of having a historical society nestled in the town. Sonia has a very practical take on this that I loved. Sonia expressed her thanks to all the people of Correctionville that have volunteered or who are volunteering at the historical society. It really makes a difference in the quality of life within the community to have such great partners. The society is supported 100% by donations and volunteers. If you haven't already, please visit, join, donate, and volunteer at the Rural Woodbury Historical Society. The contact information for the Rural Woodbury County Historical Society is that they have a Facebook page, so you can always contact them there, or you can mail them at P.O. Box 255 Correctionville, Iowa, 51016, or you can email them at rwchistoricalsociety at gmail.com. As usual, there were a thousand questions I could have asked during our time together, but I didn't in the interest of time. If questions occur to you and you would like more information, please connect with the Society via the contact information provided. If you're a listener in the area the Society serves, or if you're a listener researching ancestors in the community the Society serves, and you're not already a member, please consider joining and supporting the Society. I hope this information helps the audience understand how valuable the society is to the community and what kinds of excellent services they have to offer to their members and the public. The Rural Woodbury County Historical Society is truly one of our preservation oaks, and it was such a pleasure chatting with Sonia Costan. Okay, that's a wrap for this episode. Music used today is from Scott Holmes and Cymbal Bird, Chris Hagen, and the 126ers. Microstream Radio is a registered trademark. 
This broadcast is owned and copyrighted by MicroStream Radio. It cannot be rebroadcast, downloaded, copied, or used anywhere without the written permission of MicroStream Radio. Thanks again to everyone who listens. Very much appreciated. This is Sean Thomas Radcliffe. See you all next time on Preservation Oak.